Hey everybody, welcome to Here's the Deal with Rick Countryman. Uh, glad that you are watching the program if you're on Facebook or maybe you're listening to it on the podcast. Uh, either way, I'm super thankful that you're checking uh, out the program. I hope it's uh, worth your time. Hopefully these 15-20 minute uh, weekly broadcasts uh, mean something in your life. They're encouraging you in your faith. Uh, they're helping you maybe understand some things about uh, the walk of faith that we have with, with Jesus. Um, so, hey, remember, if you don't, if you're watching this on Facebook and you've never, you know, gone on to the podcast store and downloaded Here's a Deal with uh, Rick Country, and please do that. Subscribe to the podcast. That way you can take me with you everywhere you go, sort of. And, um, and make sure you hit like. Let your friends know about this. And again, if you've got any questions that you'd, you know, you want me to deal with, you can email me at rickc at bvg.org, rickc at bvg.org. And I'll either deal with the question, you know, in a moment like this, or I'll get back to you if I know uh, either maybe I've talked about it. Some of you, I've gotten back and told you to listen to a, a previous podcast and uh, because I talked about whatever it is that you asked about. So anyway, uh, today uh, I'm going to do a couple things. Um, some of you don't know this. But I'm also the head varsity baseball coach at our school. So not only do I work at a church as a pastor, but I'm also the head varsity baseball coach. And uh, it was about, I don't know, two weeks ago or so, we began to practice. And I've been asked a lot of questions about how that's going, you know, and how are the boys that you're dealing with, and now that they get to, you know, come back and do sports and and I, I, I thought I'd share with you kind of an update, just real, real quick. So it was a year ago, we were actually playing in a game when the whole coronavirus thing broke out. It was the um, uh, fifth game of the season. We, were, we had won four, and, and we tied one, so we were undefeated. We were 4-0-1. And, and at the end of a game... We found out that this coronavirus thing had hit and that there was going to be a lockdown and, you know, everybody had to go home. Baseball season was over. And um, literally, the, the kids, you know, who were juniors, they didn't play the rest of the season. And now it's their senior year. My seniors last year, that was it. They, they never got to play another baseball game unless they went on to college and, and played ball. I did have some sophomores and freshmen, and obviously they lost that whole season, and they're back on the team this year. But we lost a whole baseball season because of this uh, lockdown, if, if you will. And so one of the things that I just wanted to share with you real, real quick is that there's no doubt that the coronavirus is a real deal, and it killed lots of people. I know some people who actually died uh, because they contracted the coronavirus. They, they, they died. I have a lot of friends who lost family members. The coronavirus was a real deal. It still is. And nobody I know thinks it's a hoax or thinks it's fake or thinks that, you know, 
there's some conspiracy behind it. We all understand it is a real uh, virus that has had an incredible impact on a lot of lives. What we, what we all question, or, or I shouldn't say we all, what I always questioned was how we were going to go about um, fighting the, the, the virus. And one of the things that our state did was there was literally a lockdown order. We all had to stay locked up in our homes. Businesses closed down. Um, you know, churches were closed down. Sporting arenas were closed down. Restaurants were closed down. There was only a few businesses that were considered essential that were able to stay open. And so all of a sudden, we were quarantining everybody. We weren't just quarantining those that were sick. That made a lot of sense to me. But now, if you're healthy, you had to quarantine. And all I want to do is focus in on how it impacted students. So all of a sudden, students, these adolescent, you know, uh, children, they had to stay home. They couldn't go interface with their families or, you know, their kids or whoever it might have been. Sports were over. And um, the overwhelming majority of high school kids, and I'm not, and I think it would be true in junior high and elementary age, wow, because of the lockdown, because of how we were going to combat this thing, it did a lot of damage to kids. Kids were, were hurt in lots of ways, psychologically, emotionally. I mean, it's unbelievable what the lockdown did to kids. And I saw it with my baseball team. So, so I'm going to fast forward the tape. And two weeks ago, we start practicing again. We tell all the kids, come on out. And uh, they all came out. And immediately, you could see something happen within the psyche, within the soul, uh, the spirit of these kids. They were out on the baseball field with their buddies, throwing balls, catching balls, um, immediately, um, something changed in their life. And there is no doubt that we're going to look back and, you know, 10, 15 years, five years from now, and we're going to go, wow, what our government did to kids was horrific, in my opinion. I know they were trying to figure out how to stop this virus from moving around and spreading, but I think the cure became maybe every bit as crummy as the disease itself. But to answer the question, how's the baseball team doing? The kids are just unbelievably happy to be out there, running around, being with their friends. They get to be kids again. They're not locked up in their homes, but they get to interface with uh, you know, uh, their, their buddies. Uh, we're actually going to have a season, uh, and we're excited about it. Our first game is March uh, 30th in, in Somerville against Somerville. Our first home game, I'll let you know about it because I'd love to have all of you that live in the Modesto area come out and root on our, our kids. And so uh, I, I, all, all that to say, look, the, the, the quarantining of everybody, even healthy people, had a huge impact on everybody, but especially these young adolescent boys and girls that were literally locked down in their homes for a long, long time. And uh, now they've been set free, if you will, and they're out practicing and you can just see, you can just see that their lives are different now because of that. So uh, thank you all of you that asked, sent 
messages and wanted to know how that was going. So today, I want to take a few moments and just encourage you with something. Uh, a lot of you have kind of been asking about, you know, what, what are some things that I'm going to, I'm just going to use a sentence. Okay. I had about 30 emails that kind of asked this question. What are some things that maybe I ought to be doing every day as a follower of Christ, as a disciple of Jesus, uh, that might help me in my relationship with the Lord or keep my relationship with the Lord, you know, good, fresh, clean, whatever all those words might be. And so what I thought I'd do is just give you a, a, a thought or two on some things that, 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 that you can do, okay? And they're pretty simple, but I'm going to kind of walk through them with you. I'll give you five real quick. And the first one is this. Pray. You, you got to pray. You got to pray every day. You want your spiritual life to blossom or grow or, or just continue to deepen or be strengthened. Every day you have to pray. And I know that prayer can be an awkward thing, especially if you're a new believer, if you're a new follower of Christ. Prayer can be an awkward thing. But obviously, when you look through the scriptures, prayer was an important thing to all of God's people. It was important to Jesus, and he was the second person of the Holy Trinity, right? He would get away often, the scriptures say, and find a quiet place where he and the Father could, could you know, talk to each other and communicate with one another. Prayer has got to be something that happens daily in your life as a follower of Jesus. And for me, every day, I spend about 20 minutes praying. I pray for my wife. I pray for my kids. I pray for my grandkids. Uh, I pray for the church staff. I pray for my baseball team. Uh, I pray for people that I know in the church. I, I pray for those that are in my church that are in, ho in the hospital and sick and not doing well. Uh, oftentimes, people will send me prayer requests, and I'll, I'll pray for those people. Uh, right now, I'm spending a lot of time thinking about Easter, and I'm praying that Easter would be an incredible time, not just in our church, but in all the churches that are out there. I think Easter is going to be a, a pretty significant moment in the life of the church. I think the coronavirus things kind of maybe coming to somewhat of an end, and People are being vaccinated and whatever all that might be. And so I spend time every day praying, and you have to do that also. The second thing is that you got to do every day is you got to read your Bible. I mean, the only way that we as Christians know anything about God or know anything about Jesus is, is the Scriptures. And so, yeah, you got to pray every day. You got to talk with God every day. That's all prayer is, is just communicating with, with God. And then you got to read the Bible every day. And there's going to be times when you read the Bible and, and you may not get much out of it. Uh, today, I'm, I'm in the, the book of uh, Genesis. So I just kind of go through the Bible, you know, every day and just finished out the, Old uh, the New Testament. Now I'm in the Old Testament. And there are some things I read, and I just go, huh, man, I wonder why that's in there. And I just, but I, I'm just reading it because this is what we need as believers. This is what nourishes our soul. Jesus said, man doesn't live on bread alone, right? But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so it's absolutely critical 
that you as a believer pray, but you also have to uh, get into the, the scriptures every day. Spend a few moments, morning, lunch, before you go to bed in the scriptures. Number three, you know, you got to pray. I got to get in the word of God. And then every day you need to have a, a moment where you're thankful. You just spending some time thanking the Lord for his blessings in your life. God wants his people. God wants you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, to be thankful. Thank him for the breakfast that you eat in the morning. Thank him for the lunch you eat at noon. Thank you for the dinner you eat at night. You see, there's a lot of people right here in our own city in Modesto, California. They don't have breakfast, they don't have a lunch, and they don't have dinner. You don't have to go to some other foreign country on another continent to find starving people. They're right here in our own city. And guess what? Stopping before you eat and just saying, man, God, thank you. Thank you for my food. That's a pretty, pretty simple thing to do. But what about thanking him maybe for your spouse if you're married? Thanking him for your children if you have them. Thanking them, you know, him for your grandkids if you have them. Thanking him for the friends that you have. Thank him for the church that you belong to. There's so many things that we have to be thankful for, and God wants us to be thankful. And so, so pray every day, read your Bible every day, and spend some time being thankful. I always do that while I'm praying. I always just find things that I'm, I'm thankful for, and I have much to be thankful for, and guess what? So do you, right? Number four, you got to pray, you got to read your Bible every day, you got to be thankful, and then do something kind for somebody else. This is the, the moment where you get your eyeballs off of you. You stop navel-gazing, and you go, God, I, I want to use my one life today to be a blessing to somebody else. I want to care about somebody else. I, I want to love somebody else. Th this is where you go, God, the second greatest commandment is we're to love others the way we love ourselves. And this is where you get to do something. You figure out, okay, this is what I'm going to do right now for somebody else. And it could be as simple as, I'm going to take some time and I'm going to pray for somebody else. That'd be a good thing. It could be you, as you walk your neighborhood, you know, drive into your neighborhood. Maybe you see a house whose lawn has not been mowed for a while. Why don't you go up to the door and knock and just say, hey, listen, I'm a neighbor and I don't know what's going on and but would you mind if I came down and mowed your lawn for you? That'd be a nice thing to do for somebody. I don't know what it's going to be, but you need to figure something out where every single day you are serving and loving and caring for somebody else. It could be somebody you work with. It could be somebody in your neighborhood. It could be going down to the gospel mission and saying, how can I help? I don't know what it is. But every single believer needs to do something every day that gets their minds off of them and their life and their needs and their wants, and they think about others. And then last but not least, self-examination, okay? So you pray every day, you read your Bible every day, you're thankful every day, you do something kind for 
for somebody else every day. And then every day you got to have a moment where you just kind of examine yourself. One of the scriptures that means a lot to me is found in the book of Lamentations. And it's Lamentations 3, verse 40. And you got to write that down and look it up. It says, let us examine our ways and return to the Lord. God wants us to have a moment where we examine our lives or we allow the Lord to uh, reveal to us things that might be going on in our lives, things that we're not aware of, maybe attitudes that we have that aren't God-honoring. Maybe uh, maybe we, we haven't prayed like we should. Maybe we haven't been reading our Bibles as we should. Maybe we're not very thankful people. Maybe we really haven't used a piece of our day to be a blessing to somebody else. The only way you know that is when you spend some time examining your ways, as, as Lamentation says. And I, by the way, I also do that in the mornings when I'm walking. There's a moment where I say, God, is there something going on in my life? Is there something I'm not aware of? God, I want you to reveal it to me. God, is there, is, is, is there something I need to work on in my life? Is there something I'm doing that's hindering my relationship with you? Is there something maybe I'm missing in, in, in you know, my kids' lives? And so, so self-examination is super important. So every day you pray, every day you read your Bible, Every day you're thankful for something. Every day. And by the way, this is the hard one. Doing something for somebody else. Trying to figure out what is it am I going to do today. It could be uh, buy a bunch of thank you cards. And every day write a thank you card to somebody and say thank you for whatever. It could be the church that you attend. Let's say you attend Big Valley Grace and you put your children in our children's ministry Man, I'm going to tell you, if you wrote a card to the children's worker who serves you by watching your son or daughter, wow. Or maybe there's somebody on the platform, a drummer, it could be a guitar player, a singer, it could be somebody that you know plays in the trumpet section or whatever, and you may not even know their name very well, but you call the church and say, hey, I'd like the names of all the trumpet players. I'd like the names of all the singers. I'd like all the names of the people that work in the tech area running cameras, and you get their names, and you get their addresses, and then you write them a thank you note. Or you come to church on Saturday night or Sunday, and you just write it out, and you go up and you hand it to that person. And all of a sudden, they open that up, and there you did something really cool, really kind for them. You thank them and let them know you were praying for them. I want you to know something. Number four is one, change your life. Hey, obviously praying will change your life. Obviously reading your Bible changes your life. Being thankful change your life. But there is something really weighty when you care and, and use your one life in the service of somebody else. And then you self-examine and say, God, what are some areas maybe in my life that I need to work on? So five practices that I want to challenge you with. I hope they were an encouragement to you. And I know most of you out there are probably doing these things. For some of you, maybe you've never heard this before, and I hope that God uses it in your life. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's edition of Here's a Deal with Rick Countryman. I look forward to seeing you next Wednesday, okay, at noon. Blessings, everybody.